ESPN Honolulu brings you On Point with Artie Wilson. Brought to you by Ultimate Innovations, Artie Wilson and Associates, Hawaii State Federal Credit Union, and the Kahala Clinic for Children and Family. Aloha, aloha, and welcome to the show. Happy Friday to everyone, and hoping you're having a great week and looking forward to a very busy week. If you're a UH fan, you will be busy because you've got volleyball, you've got women's basketball, you've got men's basketball, you've got the football team desperately trying to get a win. There's a lot going on between um, all these sports on Oahu. I won't even say it in Manoa because we've got things all over this island this weekend. should be a fun weekend if you're a UH fan. Hopefully there'll be some wins. Desperately needed. Uh, and you always like to see your home team get wins. And in this instance, uh, we want to see both men and women have success. The basketball team got off to a start in the Outrigger Rainbow Classic. Just a, a little thing, a little pet peeve of mine. I cannot stand when people say the rainbow. It's the rainbow classic. Okay. It's not the rainbow. What, the, what is that, the rainbow? Well, we performed in the rainbow. No, you were in the rainbow classic. Stop saying rainbow. It's the rainbow classic. So I got that off my chest. That's something that's always bothered me. And I've been around the rainbow classic for, it's been in existence 57 years. I've probably been around it for 50 or 48 or whatever it is. So I have the right to say that. It is the rainbow classic. Uh, and in the past, the Rainbow Classic was the premier tournament, holiday tournament in the nation. Top 20 teams were constantly here. Of late, we're not getting those types of teams to be performers and participants. I would love to see the Rainbow Classic uh, elevate the level of competition and play and get back to having some of the premier teams in the nation here, especially early, especially early in the season. Now, I understand that the excuse is, oh, you can't get people because their conference uh, uh, runs start, you know, earlier in the year. But if the Rainbow Classic is in November, I don't think there's a conference that gets started in November. So get some of the better teams to come out and play in the Rainbow Classic. One, it would be better for your own team, University of Hawaii. Two, the people of Hawaii deserve to see some of the better teams in America. We are in the Big West, okay, the Big West. So we see all the California schools, basically, and UH. During the preseason, let's bring in some good teams. Let's do some home-and-homes with the University of Oregon or, or, or Cal or or some of the West Coast schools where it's an easy trip. You can go to the mainland and play uh, like, like the women did, uh, Oregon State and University of Portland. The men can do that, too. You can go play Seattle U and University of Washington. You can go, you know, to play some of those schools that we don't get to see all the time and then do a home-and-home, home, have them come to Hawaii and play. And I assure you, if you get better teams in here, there will be more than 2,500 or 3,000 people that come out to watch the preseason 
of basketball. That's just the way it is. People want to see good teams. I'd like to see Rainbow Classic games where the games that Hawaii is not playing in it, that the, the two teams are so good that there's 2,500 or 3,000 people that are there just to watch those two teams because of how good they are. I can remember back in the day when the Rainbow Classic, we had games, two games in the morning and two games in the afternoon. And the morning sessions were still pretty full of people going down to watch games because of the quality of the teams that were there. Let's get back to that. Now, we'll continue on basketball, UH basketball, because I'll have a, a, a first three games overview to share with you um, before the end of this show. But we'll talk about other things as well. UH football is about to have their senior night. There's a number of guys who stuck it out here, and you have to applaud them and appreciate them. It would be nice to see the T.C. Ching field, the stands. They're not comfortable seats. I get that. But still, get out there and support the seniors because they deserve it. And, and whatever your feelings are about a lot of things, it's still some young guys who have, who have sweat, who have worked out, who have given all. It would be nice to see a full house for senior night for, for a number of those guys who won't be playing football again. And you'd like for them to remember their last game at home as something meaningful and, 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 and beautiful. I, uh, I might be right with my preseason prediction. Tanner, you remember what I said, didn't you? You remember what I said at the beginning of the season? I didn't, I, about Hawaii football. Three and 10. Two and nine right now. I'm in good shape. They could still get four. It's they, possible. they could get four, and, and they do. I I would be thrilled for them to get four. I would be absolutely thrilled for them to get four. But I said three and ten entering this season. There's a very good likelihood that they get their third win against UNLV. I hope that would be the case because I'd love to see seniors go out with a win. That's... Uh, that's always special. Nothing, there's nothing better than a senior day or a senior night and you win. There's nothing worse than to have a game where you've, you just got blown away or you got beat, and then you have to go out and, and realize that it's over. And you can't smile with that smile of success. You smile with a little disappointment because you just lost the game. It's, it's a different feeling, I can assure you. We'll talk with Rich Miano after our first break because we always like to get Rich's take on things. It's moments with Miano, and I think people have appreciated that every Friday morning. You get some insight into what uh, coach, player, all-around football guru Rich Miano understands about the game of football. He does know football, and the one thing I will always say about Rich, he'll tell you what he's thinking, but at the end of the day, he loves the University of Hawaii, and he wants the University of Hawaii to have success. Now, he can be frustrated, much like I am, with a lot of things that happen. But at the end of the day, Rich wants UH to be as successful as it can be, and that's, to me, more important than anything else. We'll talk a little NBA basketball. 
We'll talk uh, front runner for the MVP in the football in the NFL. Every week it looks like it's changing. Josh Allen was the early favorite. He got out of the blocks, and you thought he was going to run away with everything. And all of a sudden you see some, some cracks in the armor there with Josh Allen. And then uh, the hurt. Um, man, I tell you what, he, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's my son-in-law's team. He works for them. He's ultimately involved in game planning and whatnot because of uh, his job as the lead scout and uh, doing uh, game prep. Um, and I apologize. That must be him. That must be him calling me right now. He's here to tell you all about the Eagles Yeah, how good yeah. they are. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry that that phone went off, man. I hope it wasn't a million-dollar sale, though. But anyway, um, when the Eagles, the Eagles had a tough one against uh, Washington Commanders, and uh, I think it'll bode well for them going forward because I think now they can get back and get hungry again and, and realize some things they have to work on and get better at. Um, but he is the guy that's being mentioned to a... Tua is a guy that's being mentioned, and and uh, for a lot of the doubters, Tua is clearly having a really good year, and he's throwing the ball well, and he's making some decisions, and it's amazing what what a difference uh, a different coach can make in the psyche of a guy. How how special? I mean, if you if you want to see an example of does a coach really make a difference? All you have to do is look at the Miami Dolphins and Tua and see what's happening there. And then you've got the old reliable Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, hey, he I'm calling him old and he's a young player. But he's this is old, like his like fourth, fourth year, year in the, yeah, in the hey, league. He's an old reliable though, because he's uh back in my day I but, remember him yeah. coming off the bench uh, over yeah. Alex Smith. Yeah, there you go. See that's back that's how long ago it's been. But Patrick Mahomes is uh, clearly one of the key uh, participants that's in the running for MVP. It will be interesting. It will be interesting. Anyway, let's take our first break, and we'll bring, bring uh, Coach Miano on with us and uh, uh, get some comments and conversation from him. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the show. Let's go to the phone lines. Talk with uh, coach, player, good guy, Rich Miano. What's up, Rich? How you doing? Dude, I used to have a title, man. Moments with Miano. Moments. It's moment. It, it's still moments with Miano. I mean, people know it's moments with Miano. So I didn't have to go there. I said, good guy, coach, player, all around, good man. Knowledgeable guru, golly, how much more you want? I mean, okay, we'll give yeah, you moments. You know, that's a long title, bro. We'll give moments, moments with Miano right now with Rich Miano. There you go. How you doing, buddy? Well, good, man. You know, like yesterday we had our conference call with the UNLV uh, coaches and including Marcus Arroyo, the head coach, who is really trying to build that foundation. You know, he broke it down and he's building it back up. And already, one thing they have is they got some athletes. They're healthy, their facilities, their stadium, their vision, they're all rolling in the same direction, kind of not knowing what the landscape of college football is, but they're positioning themselves 
And this is going to be a good game uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real good game. I had said at the beginning of the season Hawaii would be 3-10, and 10, and people thought that I was crazy. I said, no, they'll be 3-10. and 10. And now maybe they get to be 4-9, you know, which would – would be incredible, but three and ten was my hope. But I, I'm a little nervous about this game tomorrow. To be quite honest with you, I mean, as much as I want Hawaii to win this thing, I think if UNLV, they they have athletes. They've been up and down. They've been good sometimes and horrible other times. I think it all depends on which team comes out to play and which team from the Rainbow Warriors come out to play. You know, already early in the season, they're four and one, and they're riding this wave, right? And then they play, you know, triple option Air Force. And you know what? If you don't know how to defend the triple option, you're going to get embarrassed. And they did. Then they played um, San Jose State, and they got embarrassed. But after that, when you look at the losses to Fresno State, 37-30, when you look at the losses to San Diego State, they had a chance to win that game late. This is a good football team. They're healthy. They're peaking. And just like the University of Hawaii, you know, two weeks ago, they looked like garbage against Fresno State. And then this past week, that Utah State team, that quarterback, Laga, was actually legit. And it was a better team than I thought. And Hawaii hung in there, had a chance to win at the end. So, you know, it's, it's what team shows up on Saturday night. Are they going to throw three interceptions? Are they not going to take the ball away on defense? Because if they do what you're supposed to do to win football games, they're going to get a win, but it's going to be hard fought. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a hard fought game. And I I said earlier in the show I would love to see the TC Ching field and the fans show up to to support this this team and these seniors especially because these guys stuck around. They stayed. They went through a lot. They persevered, and it would nice. It'd be nice to see them get a win in their last home game. Uh, but it's going to require them to really execute and do well, and hopefully the coaches will have a game plan that is a sound game plan with, with the right adjustments and the right uh, plans put together and the players come out and execute. Yeah, you know, in Hawaii, obviously, has something to play for, right? Just senior night, and you mentioned that. Artie, you talk about the local boys, right? Stefan Bernard went, Kamuela Borden, Rod Elkinton, Noah Kamana, Leonard Lee, and John Tui Tapo. And then you got, like, the captains, right? All four of them, Blessman Ta'ala, Diedrich, Parsons, uh, Panate Pavi, and Leaky Tanavasa. These guys stuck around already when other groups left, when other players left, when people bailed out on the state of Hawaii, the University of Hawaii. And you know what? There was some reason. There was adversity. There was resiliency. But you got to give these young men kind of that extra, like, you know what? We appreciate you guys. We're going to be there. They're going to be lazy after the game. And the senior walk was started in 1981 by Blaine Geisen. And you know what? It's one of the best traditions in college football. I hope we continue it, and this is a successful Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Blaine, Blaine, that that's pretty special, and that senior walk has always been real special. Um, I'm hoping that because of this, the environment that is the T.C. Ching Field, where it's very intimate and very people are very close, I mean, the senior walk could be around the track and, and everybody in, in attendance could say hello to the seniors because it's so intimate and so small. It would be kind of cool to see a tremendous win by Hawaii and, and have those seniors and, and other players go out um, with, a, with a bang for their last home game. Now, they do have another one next week against San Jose State, which will be a, 
a dogfight. But for this weekend, this game against UNLV is very, very large. You know, Artie, you just mentioned something that's really interesting because when Hawaii loses at home, because it's intimate and it's like a high school football stadium, you got the parents giving lays to the local boys from the opposing team. You got everybody on that track. You got everybody just kind of just uh, kind of meandering around because it's not a big stadium. And you're exactly right. This will be a special senior walk, the first one because we haven't had any because of COVID. And to, if they win, and the amount of people that can come down on the track, possibly around the field, it's going to be special. And you know, because think about this, already they got a bunch of polys on their team. They got three: a guy named Leaf Faltanu. This guy is a center who went to Pac-5, and we wish we had him at UH because he's probably going to the National Football League, along with a couple other guys. Um, so they got three local boys, including Cameron Frail on the roster, the backup quarterback, and Kilinai Mendola uh, Jensen, a defensive back. So there are going to be lots of local people. If we don't win, it's going to look like a celebration for the ninth time. And then we can't have that happen. I mean, I'm sorry. I I mean, I love the people of Vegas, and there's so many local families that have moved to Las Vegas because of the cost of living and the available housing, et cetera. We don't want to lose to them. I mean, we, we, really, we really don't want to lose this game. Artie, let me, let, me, let me tell you this, right? So last year we did a game in Allegiant Stadium, a $1.9 billion stadium. We got to tour the facilities, a $35 million workout facility, performance center with a barbershop, with a nutritional center where they serve meals every day, incredible apparel, contracts, whatever else. This is a team with the growing of the Ninth Island and stuff. They're positioning themselves to be a Division One football team. If anybody has any questions, because you're paying almost the same amount of money to sit on metal bleachers and be behind a track, wow. whereas these guys have built something special in the desert. And that's where... Josh Green. That's where anybody on that planning committee has to realize, hey, we're not going to build a $1.9 billion stadium, but we got to at least show that we care and that it's important to these young people that they have some similar, you know, type of uh, venues and yeah. facilities. Well, at this point in time, Hawaii is almost at a crossroads. Uh, and, and we're going away from the UH football game per se right now, but Hawaii is at a crossroads too. Do we want to be a player or do we not? And if we want to be a player, there are certain things that have to happen, um, and and we we don't have to get into all those things. But one of the key issues is a commitment to being the best we can do with facilities and with the stadium and whatever comes with that. That has got to happen, and it cannot be put together uh, with anybody that had anything to do with the rail. <laughs> I mean, that's the real, that's the reality. I mean, you you can't have any you can't have anybody that has anything to do with the rail touch the stadium or the plans for the stadium. It cannot be because if it is, it'll be t- the year twenty thirty before anything is considered and done, and that can't happen. Yeah, and on a positive note, right, the foundation of this team moving forward, and some people may not agree with me, but he threw for more yards last week. He had two touchdown passes. He threw about 17, 18 beautiful balls with the proper reps coaching scheme is Braden Shager. But then the guy, Tylen Hines. Now, that dude, three games in a row already. I don't know if he's in the witness protection program. I'm not sure if they're hiding him. 
because uh, other teams might give him big NIL money. But that guy's almost averaging a first down every time he touches the ball. I'd get fly sweeps to him. I'd get slip screens. I would get the ball in his hands as much as possible, as much as I like Dedrick Parsons and Najee bryant Lalee, We haven't had a back like this. This guy reminds me of a Mike Bass. He reminds oh, me yeah. of uh, some of the backs that we had in the past that could you know, get you 100 yards a game. And the other thing is that Peter Manu Ma on defense – He's worth the price of admission as well. Yeah, well, you you mentioned uh, Mike Bass. I I look at at Hines and I go, Mike Bass, Gary Allen, combined. That's what you get. Yeah, yeah, and there's been a couple other backs that are just – I got them in my notes for the broadcast tomorrow on Spectrum Pay-Per-View. But the little guy's Michael Brewster because he can block and he's aggressive and he's tough. Uh, Guys like that, you know, he's just a special, special back and he's only a freshman. Well, uh, it it could be it could be special. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking they've got to work to re-recruit him because he needs. I mean, people need to understand there will be probably contacts made, and I don't. I'm not even sure how it works. The, can can schools contact players that are currently under roster unless they only can contact them if they put their names in the portal? Correct. Okay, I think that's yeah, the way it works. Like, you know, this, this is the wild, wild west, right? So you, like, basically, if you're an SEC team or a Big Ten or a Big 12 team, you basically have a guy that's looking through, just like free agency, you're looking through the rosters of the non-Power 5 conferences, and somehow, some way, they DM these kids and they go, hey, we got $100,000 a year to give you, plus your scholarship, and we're on national TV, and we got five guys going to the NFL, and you got a great apparel contract, da-da-da-da-da. Guess what? It's hard to keep these kids home. So we got to do a better job in that area as well. And, you know, I've spoke to Coach Chang about this, and I think Timmy Chang actually sees the big picture. He actually has a lot of June Jones in him where he talks about playing the last game on a Saturday evening, the ESPN game, how uh, to create revenue. And so, he, you know, he's been under the auspices of June Jones, so he's just not a football coach. This young guy understands you got to raise money, you got to get sponsorship, you got to kiss babies, you got to shake hands. And you know what? There's never going to be another June Jones, but this guy is trying to emulate him in a lot of ways, and, and I think that's wise. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> there was a, a winning formula here, and, and there was one guy who did it probably better than most. There's been a lot of great successful coaches here, Dick Tomey, Bob Wagner. Um, there's been guys here who have been successful, but, you know, June, June did it a certain way, but what brought June to to the greater heights is because the offense performed and produced so much and and people people almost took it for granted that Hawaii would score 30 35 40 points a game I mean it was if Hawaii you know when you guys were there if you guys won 23 to you know 12 it's like you didn't play well because people expect the score to be 45 to 12 or 45 to 21 or whatever it was because of the 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 standard that was set with the offense it's almost unfair to anybody else that comes in here because it's tough for somebody to recreate that type of an offense when they don't have the complete grasp of it or the understanding of it as well as June and not and taking nothing away from Timmy he played in that offense but to to coach it and to teach it it takes some time no, it really does. And the thing about it is, again, 
they didn't name Braden Sager the quarterback from day one, which I think was a mistake. They didn't get him all those reps. And, you know, obviously there's reasons behind that, and I'm not in that coaching room. But what I saw last week, other than two poor decisions, and he's got to eliminate the poor decisions, I saw balls that, oh, my God, very few people in the Mountain West Conference can throw. And when you see his size and the ability to keep his eyes downfield, you know, this is a run-and-shoot quarterback that I promise you if Jim Jones had this guy or hopefully Kenny Chang has this guy next year, you're going to be talking about a guy that throws for over 4,000 yards. Yeah. Well, the talent yeah. is there. Now, he's got to surround himself. Them young receivers got to get better. They got to run the right routes. Protection's been good for the most part. So it's more than just the quarterback. Even in those interceptions already, everybody blames the quarterback. Trust me when I tell you, it ain't always on the quarterback when a quarterback throws an interception. Yeah, no question about it. And, and you mentioned something about protection. My big concern going into next year for UH football is they lose their entire offensive line. I mean, they... They may have one or two guys returning, but that that's going to be the greatest recruiting challenge for them is to bring guys in who can play immediately and also bring guys in who can be coached up to to block for the run and shoot, which requires a certain degree of ability and understanding because it's a little different than smash mall, smash uh, mouth football, and that's going to be that's going to be one of the challenges. Yeah, and the positive thing about that is Roman Cipolla was probably Timmy Chang's best hire, and I think if he talked to June Jones, he can do it himself, cause, but he had Kavanaugh. But the offensive line coach, to me, is the most valuable position coach in all of college football, if not the NFL and not high school football. And when you have a Roman Cipolla as your coach, you got a few inside guys coming back, Solo Vipulu and Sergio Morsau and a couple other guys. they got to get, and Timmy knows this, Timmy talked about this extensively, they got to get two tackles to replace Bill Manning and uh, the other kid, uh, Austin Hopp. So you need 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, six guys with long arms on the outside. That's the problem in Hawaii. Yeah. So that's the biggest problem is finding two tackles because you're right. You don't have tackles in the run and shoot. There's no tight end. So they're on an island every down. Yeah, and it requires a certain athlete and a certain toughness and a certain strength. I just... I, I go back to this, and I always remember sitting with Warren Moon and and a couple of his offensive linemen at a Pro Bowl function having cocktails, and I was, of course, drinking iced tea. Uh, but uh, a couple of the guys were saying, man, we don't let Warren get touched. I mean, they were big old boys, and they we don't let Warren get touched. There's a rule, Warren, Warren, no defense will touch Warren. That doesn't happen. And you got to have guys like that, the nasty offensive linemen who are just tougher than tough. And they, they believe in their quarterback, and they'll do anything to keep the quarterback standing straight. Yeah, and I remember, you know, the Adrian Clams and the Carolina Noahs and the Vincent Monowise. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we had, we had offensive line at one time that looked like a Pac-12 offensive line that were athletes that got drafted, and Kavanaugh was a great coach. I do have tremendous faith in Roman Sapolu. I do have tremendous faith if they can find a couple of these guys that they got the running backs now. Diedrich's going to graduate, but them other two guys, because uh, Najee Bryant-Lalit broke a run, but Tylen Hines, that dude's good for, I'm telling you, you give him 20 carries, you get you get your century mark. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he's he's without a doubt a big time player. The biggest challenge is they got to re-recruit that sucker because I think 
somebody's friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a, of a program is going to be touching base with him, talking about things that he can have moving forward because he's still very young and has a lot of uh, college left in him. You know what J.J. would do with Tyler Hines? He'd put him in a slot and turn him into Chad Owens. Put him uh, yeah. in a slot, turn him into Devon Best, Ryan Grace Mullins. Then you could still use that running back. You've got to get your 11 best players on, on the field. On the field, yep. No question about it. And 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 if, if you know, I mean, we're, we're sitting here wishful. But if June had Hines, Hines would have the ball 24 times a game, minimum. I mean, it would be thrown you know to him. Funny is, you know, I'll give you a June Jones story. I remember when Mel DeLore and I were sitting in the locker room and we were wondering why the backups never got any, you know, reps. And he goes, do you think the second-string guy's better than the first one? He kept those dudes in there. You know why? He wanted to get them touches. He didn't want to let the opponent know that this is a running play. Just, you know, they're not resting, whatever else. And you're right. Them dudes are going to get their touches. In the slot, you can do so many things in the slot. That's your Wes Welkers. That's your Julian Edelman. That's your guys that get tons of catches. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and, uh, and they're, safe, they're safe throws. They, they give them the ball and then say, you do it. And that's what I like. I, I mean, it frustrates me when I watch it's third and five and we're throwing the ball 25 yards down the field. Like, wait, third and five? Give it to a little guy that can make somebody miss and get the first down. Then you go down the field. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we can solve all the problems in the world, you and I, Rich. We have all the you answers. Yes, we do. And we'll, we'll we bring Tanner. We got the cure for the flu. We got the cure for the real. Yeah, yeah. We got the cure for politics in Hawaii. Yeah, we can do we it all. Yeah, hey, we need to just, you and I change the world here. Tanner, you can be a part of this show too, okay? All right, Rich, we appreciate it, man. We got to run. I appreciate it. Good luck with your broadcast tomorrow. Hopefully you can bring a, a win home. Appreciate you, man. Have a great day. All right. Rich Miano, and we just went a little over. We had more than moments with Miano, but that's okay. We'll be back with more right after this. All right. Welcome back to the show. Phone lines are open, 808 296-1420 is the number. You can give us a call if you have any comments, thoughts, ideas about anything happening in the world of sports. UH basketball off to a 2-1 start, losing in the championship game of the Rainbow Classic against Yale. Um, They played pretty well um, in that game other than the first half. The first half, as my broadcast partner likes to call it, was a rock fight. Um, because there were a lot of uh, missed opportunities, missed shots, and a lot of that was caused by, I think, extended defense by by both teams. And then it was also caused by guys, I think, pressing and not playing comfortably and and relaxed. They were they were a little uptight, a little tight, a little anxious, uh, and it's understood. It's early in the season. They're trying to learn how to win. Hawaii goes 2-1 and one in the Rainbow Classic. They've got work to do, but I thought there was a lot of bright spots uh, in performances. I think uh, Bernardo da Silva, uh, if he can show up every game, he will be a huge plus for Hawaii. Same thing for Kamakahepa. Kamakahepa can be spectacular. He can look like the best player on the the floor, and then... He disappears at times. Uh, it was good to see Samuta Avea 
playing meaningful minutes, and he's got to get his game legs back and get back into the flow of playing a game. You cannot disconnect and be out of basketball for two and a half years and not have that take a little time to get back. Not, not his jumping, not his shooting, but I'm talking about being in the flow of a game and staying connected and involved and not, not floating for a minute or two here and there. Noel Coleman, I think, showed an ability that, yeah, he can shoot the three-point ball real well, but when someone overplays that three-point shot, he has the ability at certain situations to break you down off the dribble and get to the basket. He has a great command of using his right hand on drives, and uh, I think that will bode well for him going in the future. He did attempt one of those highlight reel dunks going down the middle, and he missed it, but it served notice on a whole lot of people that if he has opportunities, he does have the ability to elevate and to get up to an an area where very few people can get and throw it down. He missed the dunk, but it was pretty special. There was a whole lot of oohs and ahs for a miss, and you don't usually see that. Um, he's still got work to do as well to get better and to be better. Javon McClanahan, give him some flowers. Give him some love because he came out and he played extremely well in a couple of those games, and he's starting to, to silence a few of his critics that always are complaining about Javon can't do this, Javon can't do that. He's solid. He's not a spectacular guard but he's solid, and in in a couple games, he was the one person that kept Hawaii in the game, especially against Yale. He knocked down some critical shots and made some plays when plays needed to be made, so give him some love. Do they have work to do? Absolutely. I'm a little worried about the wings. I'm looking at some of the guys who didn't play meaningful minutes and I'm I'm hopeful that they can uh, they can find a way to to get some time on the on the court. It's it's kind of concerning to me that a guy that transfers in, and you take them from from University of Portland and Washington State University, those are b- both Division One programs. Those two guys didn't get much action or activity at all, so that concerns me a little bit. Uh, having uh, Harry Ruladef um, as a number one guy off the bench in the bigs makes sense. He's a big kid. He's 6'9", 220 as a freshman. But he's learning that Division One basketball is a whole lot different than playing in Australia. And things he could do in Australia, getting the ball inside and taking it up and shooting it softly against the glass, he has discovered that there are bigs in Division One basketball that will wipe his stuff off the glass if he doesn't go up and dunk it or take it up quicker or take it up stronger. Lessons learned. We'll see if he improves with that. I like his big body. I like the fact that he's got confidence. He's got to work on foot quickness because he has uh, sometimes looks like he's playing in quicksand, but I like what he can do. The other guys from the wings concern me because I don't see much and that worries me. Beyond Riley came in. Uh, everybody was raving about Beyond Riley. Beyond Riley is a hardworking, uh, give you everything he has guy. 
is not a great offensive threat uh, because he's not going to break you down off the dribble and shoot the ball. If he doesn't take a stationary three-point shot, if he puts the ball to the ground, he's trying to get fouled. Okay, he's trying to get to the basket and get fouled. He's he's not he doesn't have a whole lot of shake or bake or anything to that effect. He is if he dribbles twice, he's trying to get all the way to the basket and that's nothing wrong with that. And he'll go up and he'll get fouled. He just needs to knock down free throws. Did a nice job in in uh the game where he uh, grabbed I think eight rebounds and was a real factor. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if they if the UH team has has that wing position covered the way it needs to be covered. Uh, Samuta Vea is critical for their success. It'll be interesting to see going forward how things go. Now they play against HPU, and HPU is two and zero. Hawaii is two and one. HPU comes into the game tomorrow, uh, and I am going to go out to. Laie to BYU campus to watch it because I even though we're not broadcasting the game I'd like to watch them and then come back and watch the football game so I'm going to be one of the diehards to do that. Maybe you and Josh can carpool. Josh and I can carpool. Uh, Josh has got to fly back here. He better have a helicopter because he's got to get back to get ready for football. I can leisurely take my time coming back. I just need to be. You here can by. visit some of the shrimp trucks. Yeah, you I know, need, have have a good the, time. The football game kicks off at what? Six o'clock or is it five forty five thirty? I think it's six o'clock tomorrow. I can leisurely take my time and come back. I might even go get a massage in between. Josh, Josh better have a helicopter to get back here. Uh, but I'm anxious to see this game tomorrow. HPU averaging seventy four points. Hawaii at sixty seven points per game. Um, Three-point field goal shooting. HPU shooting the ball at 32%. The Rainbow Warriors at 30%. Uh, Free throw percentage. Hawaii shooting at UH Manoa at 74%. HPU 67%. Rebounding. HPU averaging 35 rebounds. The Rainbow Warriors 41 rebounds. So this is big brother playing little brother. This is Division I playing Division Two. But HPU, I think, are they're excited about their season. It'll be a good challenge for, for them. It's a must-win for UH Manoa. Let's just be honest about that. I mean, Iran has scheduled HPU, Shamanad, and Hilo during his eight-year career here. I think he's got 14 or 15 wins against those teams. Uh, so he, he understands that that usually results in a win, and this year, he hopes to have the same success against them. HPU, on the other hand, would love to upset the Rainbow Warriors. So if you can, get out to Laie, the BYU campus. It's a nice facility. Go out there and check the game out at 12 noon and then get back for football. Okay? That's the deal. Now, don't you even put it in Josh's mind that he needs to ride with me out there, Tanner. You just put leave that alone because... I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could handle Josh all the way out there and all the way back. Josh is, oh no, I don't think so. Josh needs to get a helicopter, because he needs to get back. He'll be stressing out about getting back to get everything organized and set up for uh, for the broadcast. They need that uh, military pilot from last week. To yeah, give Brit, him a Brit, ride. Brit and Comini. Yeah, Brit. Brit's a client of mine. He's a great guy. You can get him to fly him over. That would be kind of cool. And you know who else is a pilot that you didn't know about? I'll tell you this, Coach Jones's son, Junior. 
He's a pilot with over, I think he's got 25,000 hours, so he can fly him anywhere he wants to go, and he could get the, get Josh from Laie back over to Honolulu in, you know, 15, 20 minutes probably. It'd be pretty cool. Josh needs to work on that. You can get him land. They can go right above the uh, Duke Hanamoku uh, Aquatics Complex. Have, well, you know, now you, now you're talking helicopter. That's a whole different thing right there. You, you know, you, if you want a helicopter, we could we could work that out. Wouldn't that be cool, Josh? Josh coming out of the helicopter with his gear to get ready for football. That's not happening. Anyway, we'll take a break and come back with some concluding stuff right after this. Welcome back to the show. Again, we wish uh, the Wahine volleyball team success, the Wahine basketball team success, the men's basketball team success, and UH football. Get a win tomorrow, please. That would be so wonderful to get a senior, senior night win for the guys to go out on top. And it would knock UNLV out of bowl contention. Yeah, yeah, and then that affects that that impacts recruiting. So now teams, and then we get a trophy back too. Yeah, and we can we can we can tell our local players who are being recruited heavily by UNLV. Why would you go there? They can't beat us. We beat them in this game. And so what? They have that stadium up there. I don't care. That's not that special. We have TC Ching Field, and we won. So. I don't know how much weight that will hold, but they, they, you can say, at least you can say you beat them. So Hawaii, that's critically important to get a win tomorrow night. It's, tomorrow is going to be a fun day. What time do I have to leave to get to Laie? Probably 10 o'clock in the morning? Depends. Where are you driving from? Kahala. So I haven't driven from the east side to Laie in a long time. I, w- I would say 9, 30, 10. What's nice is you got that like nice little wraparound. You can take the scenic route through Hawaii Kai and go, no, go around the east side through no, Kaneohe. I, I don't think I'm... I think, I think that's faster, though, because it's it's on the uh, oh, that is, Polynesian Cultural Center side. Yeah, you know, it might be faster to go Pearls, uh, to go Kaneohe. And you just cut through, um, cut around, uh, what's it called, Hanama Bay. By driving through uh, by that one golf course, and you go straight to Makapu'u. Yeah, you could yeah. probably you could probably get there in about like what forty five minutes an hour no, hour and fifteen. I mean, unless you follow you know all the all the driving laws and all like good people I, do. I am a good driver. I, I abide by laws. I do take it to extremes at times, but for the most part, I am a very conscientious good driver. I I figure if I leave by nine forty five ten o'clock. I'll be there in plenty of time. If you get there early, there's a lot of places to go get some lunch. Oh, yeah. And that that's the deal. And then come back and get ready to go down and watch uh, watch the Rainbow Warrior football team get a win. And that should happen. Let's hope that happens. We wish them nothing but the best. The, the Wahine Robin and her girls go out and do what you need to do to con- take care of your business. Laura Beeman, get your, your ladies to take care of their business as well. Uh, hopeful that there will be wins galore this weekend leading into the holiday uh, because Thanksgiving is next week and it should be kind of interesting. Uh, We're not doing the show next week, I don't think. There is no show for On Point, so I want to wish everyone a tremendous Thanksgiving. Have a blessed Thanksgiving with your family and friends. Uh, Those that are less fortunate, if you can give something to them, do that. 
and for the most part, just be thankful and, and appreciative for everything you have. We wish Bobby Curran a lot of success as he's uh, going through some things right now. We're wishing for nothing but the best for Bobby. Have a great weekend, Hawaii. We'll see you next uh, couple weeks.